front leg stretch and back leg stretch. Lunge forward, feet turned in, take the arms to the floor and lift up slightly and down again. Stretch right up and back, lowering the back heel down. That half hour should never have happened. You're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Join us again tomorrow for, I think, the same thing. Let's see what happens uh, if I do this. If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's that? And off his box, the box of chocolates. Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. This is Mike. See, Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. Every Thursday evening at 6.30. Food, culture, and smeary, nice, cold stuff like ice cream. There's a fellow who's making small batch handmade ice cream, and he wants to bike it all over the place and and have you eat some. And that sounds very exciting, doesn't it? Well, I'm going to hear about his passion for ice cream, and so are you in just a moment. But first, this announcement. This Monday on a farm near Gloucester, England, thousands gathered for the annual Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling and Wake continuing a tradition that dates back at least 200 years, despite recent warnings from police. Now, when you hear about cheese rolling and warnings from police, you know it's got to be a good time, but I'm going to not read the rest of it for you right now. I'm going to tease you by instead playing some music about dairy products indirectly and about ice cream. It'll, it'll, make, it'll all make sense in at least a few hours, but in the, at 3 in the morning you're going to wake up and go, oh, yeah. But in the meantime, here's uh, Louis Prima. Just a gigolo, and everywhere I go, it already doesn't make sense because this is not the song I'm aiming for, but Louis Prima is one of the finest singers and songwriters we have had in American history, and I'm just sharing this with you because I meant to do that. Here is Louis Prima. Banana split for my baby a glass of plain water for me Banana spread for my baby A glass of plain water for me Dispenser man If you please Serve my chick a mess of calories Banana spread for my baby A glass of plain water for me Flip back the lid, scoop anything in sight Make it a rainbow of red, brown, and white Chocolate chip and everything that's nice To the fruity one cents, but only twice Banana split for my baby And a glass of plain water for me Spray the whipped cream for at least an hour Pile it as high as the Eiffel Tower Loaded with nuts, about 16 tons Top it with the pizza just for fun. Banana split for my baby. And a glass of plain water for me. Banana split for my baby. 
A glass of plain water for me Banana split for my baby A glass of plain water for me Stack her up with crazy goo Cause that's the stuff she likes to wade right through Banana split for my baby A glass of plain water for me Now add the cherries, the kind she loves too much Skip one banana, use the whole darn bunch Drown it in fudge, six or seven cans Give her two spoons, she'll eat it with both hands Banana split for my baby And a glass of plain water for me Separate checks, it must be Charge to split the huh, the water to me Oh, the banana splits for my baby And the glass of plain water's for me Ain't got no money The glass of plain water's for me Doesn't that feel nice and cool? It's hot out there, right? So ice cream, songs about food and ice cream can make you feel cooler. That was Louis Prima and Banana Split for My Baby. Now, to the point here. Not the cheese roll, that comes later. But Rob Hess is a fellow who's very excited about ice cream. And he's got something that's about to happen in June. He's getting it all together. He's putting the pieces together. And the ingredients include ice cream and a bike. And, well, let's uh, hear what he has to say about it. What do you think? Let's listen. I've been making ice cream now for about, I think, three years or so. Um, and uh, I've been making ice cream specifically to prepare for this, actually for probably the na- last nine months to a year, something like that. Um, just sort of testing out bases and recipes and formulations. And um, there's actually a lot of complexity that goes into ice cream, strangely enough. You wouldn't think it. Um, but there's a, a lot about how you prepare the ingredients. And then there's also a lot in there in terms of, I mean, ice cream is this uh, interesting, complex relationship between sugars and proteins and water and fats and air. Um, and if one of those things is out of balance at all, it throws the entire experience completely off. So mm-hmm. you'll get your coat, will, your tongue will become suddenly coated with like butter at the end. And it's like, it can be really unpleasant or it can be really icy or hard like an ice cube or it can be way too cold to and all this stuff. So there was a lot of prep I had to do. There have been a lot of late night internet searches about ice cream chemistry, and that's been about a year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're uh, already making some particular flavors now, right? Yes. Um, my plan is to have like six or so flavors, you know, when I first open up, just get a, a normal stable of flavors so people know what they can expect uh, when they order ice cream from me and then sort of weave in some more sort of seasonal things as I go along. Okay. I noticed one on, on your Facebook page for Go Ice Cream called Ypsilanti Proud Peppercorn. Yes. Yeah. You know, that one was actually really surprising to me. I really like to, to make um, ice creams out of unique ingredients, um, but I don't want to be the sort of wacky ice cream guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I want something that sounds pretty appealing to people or like uh, something that's a, a twist on a classic flavor that they already know that they love. Um, peppercorn was surprising to me. I didn't expect it to be as awesome as it is. It basically comes across as like this woody sort of nutty caramel. Um, and then at the end, it leaves your, your mouth sort of tingling. Um, and it's actually, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. That sounds awesome. Now, so where do you make the ice cream? Um, so 
for the last however many years I've just been making it at home, but um, state dairy laws require me to make it in a licensed commercial kitchen. So I'll be making the ice creams at Bonacera Restaurant in Ipsy um, on Michigan Avenue there. Um, they have this great big beautiful kitchen space and they were once uh, you know, a scrappy little startup as well. Um, Annette and Barb who owned the place, um, they were actually doing pop-up dinners to support charities um, for the last like two or three years actually and they ended up raising I think like twenty or thirty thousand dollars for local charities just by hosting these pop-up dinners they didn't make any money off of it they just gave it all away and so when I went in there telling them I was looking for kitchen space it sounded you know like you know the the old version of them somebody who mm-hmm. had this idea had this vision but just needed some support so I'm making it in their kitchen they've been wonderful to work with um, and the food that they put out is really inspiring and the way that they go about it so it's actually been it's been a great partnership cool yeah so ice cream is one of the main ingredients of ice cream i guess you can say but another ingredient is a bike yeah so what's what's with the bike and what kind of bike is it and all that well so the bike is the funny thing about the bike is um that was you know the idea to have an ice cream bike just barely sort of came after my like love of making ice cream i was uh hanging out with some coworkers and we were talking about things that are maybe better when added to other things. So for instance, like caramel corn. Uh, Caramel is great, corn is great, but caramel corn may be actually a better experience on some Uh, levels, right? So I was thinking like, oh man, yeah, that's the secret to everything. You just take two things that you love and smush them together. And I was like, oh, I should like totally have an ice cream bike. (laughs) And so, and that's, and, and everybody sort of laughed, but then people were like, you should totally have an ice cream bike. And people got really excited. And then of course, you know, as happens nowadays, we just like all hit the internet and started searching ice cream bikes and sending around pictures of ice cream bikes and talking about ice cream bikes. And that's when it just sort of, it stuck with me ever since that point. Um, And I had this idea in my head of, you know, this three-wheeled trike, basically this adult (laughs) tricycle um, with a cooler on the back. And I couldn't find one that I liked. There were some out there, but they didn't look right, whatever. And uh, I I found the bike in um, South Lion at this little resale shop um, randomly, totally randomly. And I just saw it and I was like, holy crap, that is the bike. Like, I've been seeing that bike in my head, and that is actually the bike. Um, You're not dreaming anymore. This is it. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is the real, this is the actual thing come into my life. And um, I, uh, the bike itself is a worksman tricycle, um, and the, the, the company was founded around, like, the n- turn of the 1900s, and uh, they were making industrial bicycles um, for, and this one happened to be from a local GM plant, and it would carry foremen up and down the line of the factory, so it's meant to carry like 400 pounds, so it's actually almost more of a motorcycle that you pedal in some ways. Um, It has Kevlar line tires that are like puncture resistant. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's like this big, giant motorcycle sort of chain thing on it. and it, it had a box in the back for the foreman to put their tools in it. Um, it even had like a number stamped in it and had like the foreman's name across the back. And oh, wow. yeah, they had decked it out. There was like a, a little skull for like a stem cap on the tires, <laughs> like a skull with gleaming red eyes. Ooh. Totally inappropriate for the ice cream bike, but I'm keeping it. <laughs> um, and uh, I retrofitted that with a uh, with cooler from the same company, Worksman. Um, they've been... Uh, they make, uh, they have been making all of the um, ice cream coolers and hot dog carts and stuff for like New York City uh, ever since the turn of the century. So I just got one of their coolers, threw it on the back, painted it, chromed it up, put on some big old honking mirrors, and uh, it's ready to go, man. Cool. Yeah, it's exciting. 
So you've been test so you tested the ice cream for flavor and for the texture and everything. How do you test the cooler to make sure? I mean, you're going to be delivering ice cream in Michigan's crazy, unpredictable weather. How how do you uh, get ready for that? Well, I've been carrying ice cream around with me to basically. I mean, I even carried it to this interview, right? So yep, <laughs> pretty, yep, yep. you become the ice cream man, and suddenly you have ice cream on you at all times. Um, so I'm pretty comfortable with how long I can freeze ice cream just with uh, regular old ice. Um, but the key to this is dry ice. So you have a dry ice shelf inside of the cooler, mm. and that keeps it for four to six hours. Um, they make some that have like a generator sort of compressor thing underneath them. Um, but I didn't want anything that added any more weight to the bike, which is already pretty formidable. Um, and I also wanted to keep it a little bit more green. Um, I'd rather have the dry ice instead of like this big old noisy compressor. Because you don't want a big old noisy compressor, you want ice cream. Yes, indeed. Rob Hess is Go Ice Cream, and he's going to make that ice cream go very soon. He's in the process of getting it all together and bringing it around on a big, fancy, sturdy bicycle. And we're learning all about that here on Pandora's Lunchbox, this show about food on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. It's about quarter to seven. Marvel will help us to face the music in just a moment. We'll hear more from Rob Hess about his venture and his excitement about ice cream in just a moment. But in the meantime, if you have a booty of any kind, you need to get up for this one. This is vaguely ice cream related.
had one more important sound we wanted you to hear. superheroes we're listening to now they don't sound like superheroes but they are they are bitman and roban bitman and roban that sounds familiar but they are from california and they are all involved in the tutti frutti i think an awesome superhero would be somebody who makes their own small batch ice cream and delivers it on a bike wouldn't that be a cool superhero cool get it ice cream ha so this is pandora's lunchbox we've been talking actually to rob hess of go ice cream and we had even more to say. We went a little something like this. What are some of your favorite flavors you've done? Well, I guess you have six, so maybe all six, I guess, are your favorites. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all, it's hard. It's like, you know, what's your favorite child? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have kids. Can someone make that choice? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've had, so some of the, the most popular flavors I've had are, um, I do a Dulce de Leche, um, which is one of my personal favorite ice creams just in general. I love that flavor and can pretty much just mainline it all day long. Um, Describe it for someone who might not be sure of what this. So Dulce de Leche is just a, a really rich, buttery caramel preparation. Um, so the way that I create a, a caramel ice cream like that is I, I start out first by um, actually burning just white sugar. If you heat up white sugar, eventually it turns into a sort of liquidy substance, and then it starts to smoke and turn brown, and it becomes caramel, basically. Um, so that's the main flavorant for the base. And then into that, I put a ripple of a Mexican preparation for caramel, which is cajeta. So you take... Um, a uh, you take goat's milk and sugar and a vanilla bean or some other sort of flavor and I usually use a vanilla bean and you boil that down for several hours until it just becomes caramel and it's like the tangiest sweetest caramely thing you've ever tasted and I put those two things together and whammo success so that's one of my favorites um, but man oh God I love them all I love them all. <laughs> You're the right person to be pedaling this bike. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I absolutely adore ice cream. I've adored it since I was a little kid. And, um, you know, for the longest time, I didn't have a great relationship to ice cream. I, you know, I've been overweight my whole life. And um, I, ice cream was a big part of that. You know, I was really, you know, I really loved to eat ice cream. And so, you know, I thought about that a lot. You know, when I first started, I was like, okay, you know, the irony of like fat kid starts an ice cream bike doesn't escape me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but the funny thing about ice cream is ever since I started creating ice cream, I've been able to lose weight and I've started, um, my relationship with ice cream is a lot healthier than it's ever been. You know, before, if I had ice cream in my freezer, it was like gone. Oh. Like someone looks the other way and suddenly like, Hey, where'd that pint of Ben and Jerry's go? I don't know what happened. <laughs> To that. Um, but now, you know, I'm in close proximity to, you know, 20 quarts of ice cream at any given moment in my day. Um, and I just don't, I don't crave it because I've allowed myself to appreciate it and enjoy it. It's no longer a secret. It's not a forbidden thing. Um, and then the bike component of the whole thing is I also, I offset it. So if I have some ice cream, I'm biking around or I'm working out or I'm eating a smaller lunch, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I love ice cream. And that's kind of the beauty of it is I've in embracing my love for it, I've found a way to make room for it in my life. 
you know, it's not this forbidden thing. It doesn't have some hold over me anymore. Um, it's actually kind of helping me propel forward, which is kind of awesome. That is awesome, metaphorically and, and literally. Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels really good. It just feels like the right thing. I, I love ice cream, and now I'm thinking, well, maybe there's a reason you've always loved ice cream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Cool. And um, so people are going to see you on the Go Ice Cream bike. And when is that going to start? Basically, I'm waiting for my licensing right now. Um, and it's just been a hard time scheduling that because I'm a non-traditional business. I'm not in the kitchen five days a week. I'm only in on Sundays and Mondays, which apparently are really tough days for the food inspectors. Um, so I'm waiting for that. Um, so I'm hopeful that by mid-June, I'll actually be able to open up, which will be great. Primary way that people can uh, taste the ice creams is to place an order off the website. I'll deliver within a four-mile radius of the Ypsilanti Water Tower. So if you place your ice cream order, then the following Thursday night, I'll deliver it to your house. Um, and I'll have sauces, and I'll have waffle bowls, and I'll have toasted cocoa nibs, and I'll have candied peanuts, all kinds of stuff to make an awesome dessert experience. And then um, I'll also be at various events around Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti um, on the actual bike itself, selling like choco tacos and popsicles and all kinds of handmade little carryable ice creams there. And then... Amazingly enough, um, folks around town at various stores have been have expressed an interest in carrying it. I don't know if they're going to because I'm not yet licensed to actually go through with those contracts yet. But places like the Produce Station, the Ypsilanti Co-op, those types of uh, folks have reached out to me and said that they're interested in it when it's available. So, fingers crossed. The thing, the thing that has come into my mind, the thing that's been sort of guiding me is this idea of flavors that move you, right? Uh, moving flavors is kind of how I put it. And... Um, What's been amazing to me throughout my three years of making ice cream is people's reaction to it. Um, so when I first started making ice cream, I um, was just doing it for fun. And then I started to get more and more interested in the science behind it. And so once you hit that level of ice cream enthusiasm, your freezer fills up really, really quickly. Uh -huh. Because then you're like tinkering fat percentages and sugar percentages. And so you just start acquiring just all of this ice cream in your freezer. So I had to find a way to get rid of it. So I started taking it into work um, so that my coworkers could help us eat through it. Because there wasn't any room left in the freezer for the uh -huh. frozen vegetables at this point. So I would take it into work and my coworkers started going nuts for it. Like uh -huh. it would be gone. You know, I'd send out an email at 8.30 in the morning and by 10 a.m., like two pints, gone. Destroyed. Ice cream for breakfast. Oh, yeah, and on a regular basis. And when I didn't bring it in, bring it in they were getting mad. It, <laughs> what was interesting is actually, like, I would walk by the kitchen, you know, on the way to somewhere else or whatever, and I would pass by, and it would be totally silent in the kitchen, and there would be two people with just, like, spoons in their mouths and, like, their eyes closed, like, totally just having a moment eating the ice cream. <laughs> um, and I had people come up and tell me all kinds of stories about, you know, it takes me back to China childhood and my mom used to make something that tasted like this and like I had I noticed that ice cream was a way to like really emotionally connect with people and I thought that's interesting like it does that for me you know like for me it has like all these pleasurable connotations and I noticed it started doing it for everybody else too and so I I think that's what I really want that's you know it's not even something I want it's almost something I expect anymore people taste this ice cream and it, they're silent for a second mm -hmm. and that is the sign of a really great ice cream because they just they're not really expressing. They're just experiencing in that moment. And so that's what I want for people is to, is for them to taste the ice cream and, and have it move them in some way. Very cool. Yeah. And what is your website? It's goicecreamgo.com.
And we're also, um, people can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. So it's facebook.com slash go ice cream go. And then Twitter, we're at go ice cream go as well. This should be played at high volume. Ice cream should be eaten at high volume. Thank you, Rob Hess of Go Ice Cream. We're going to keep our eyes out to make sure that uh, we'll let you know when Go Ice Cream is a go. We'll let you know on Pandora's Lunchbox when it all happens. He's getting ready for it. He's going to do it, and it's going to be exciting. Pandora's Lunchbox, it's five minutes to seven. Arf will help us to face the music in a moment. But first of all, here's some exciting stuff going on around town. A lot of stuff happening, so you know summer is coming. The 18th annual African American Downtown Festival will be in the historic Black Business District of East Ann and North 4th Avenue this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 8 a.m. I think that's 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., actually. With fun food, games, and people from all over celebrating the rich heritage of the African-American community of Ann Arbor, live music, entertainment, a health and wellness village, a taste testing, a petting farm, portraits and caricatures, and something called Minute to Win It. I want to win it. So that would be this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., the African-American Downtown Festival on East Ann and North 4th Avenue. Meanwhile, the Yasu Greek Festival is happening Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church on Sio Church Road with Greek cuisine, homemade pastries, live Greek music and entertainment, dancing, a marketplace, a cultural exhibit, Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight, and Sunday from noon to 6. And the Taste of Ann Arbor. Look that one up because we're running out of time. Only so much time for so much tasting, but I promised I would talk about the Cooper Hill Cheese Rolling and Wake. This Monday on a farm near Gloucester, England, thousands gathered for the annual Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling and Wake, continuing a tradition dating back at least 200 years, despite recent warnings by police. In the event, groups of fearless racers risk life and limb chasing an eight-pound round of double Gloucester cheese down an extremely steep and uneven hill. The last officially organized race was in in 2009. Since then, it has continued unofficially every year, despite the potential for serious injury from chasing after rolling cheese. Earlier, local police warned cheesemaker Diana Smart, who has supplied cheese to the race for 25 years, that she may be construed as a race organizer, construed as a race organizer and therefore legally liable. The BBC reports that in this year's, this year's organizers replaced the cheese with a lightweight foam version in order to make the race safer. The winner of the race takes home the cheese. So instead of groups of fearless racers risking life and limb chasing an eight-pound round of double Gloucester cheese down an extremely steep and uneven hill, you will have groups of fearless racers risking life and limb chasing a replica of an eight-pound round of double Gloucester cheese down an extremely steep and uneven hill. Makes sense to me. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Cheese is a dairy product. So is ice cream. Look out for Go Ice Cream. We'll keep you up to date on that. And you can't have ice cream without milk, you know, and you can't have milk without Lewis Jordan. It'll make perfect sense in a second. You wake up at 3 in the morning and go, oh, yeah, I get that. So, Louis Jordan, take us out and bring us to the very beginning of ice cream. Shall you? You? Me? This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Hey, LMA. LMA, come over here and show me how to turn this thing on. Show me how, show me how, show me how you milk the cow. Oh, bear. Oh, Bella Mia, tell me please what you squeeze when the milk goes. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. 
every time I go, whoosh, the milk gets in my eye. Show me how, show me how, show me how you milk the cow. Oh, Bella Mia, show me how you milk the cow. Bella Mia has a great big fat cow. A good looking cow, I would say. What I want to ask of her now is a favor, if I may. Show me how, show me how, show me how you milk the cow. Oh, Bella Mia, oh, Bella Mia, tell me please what you squeeze when the milk goes. Oh, Bella Mia, show me how you milk the cow. I don't know what's the matter. I try and try and try, but every time I go, psh, the milk gets in my eye. Show me how, show me how, show me how you milk the cow. Oh, Bella Mia, show me how you milk the cow. Thanks, Mike. Boy, I wish I'd thought of that. Uh, Louis Prima, that, uh, I'm sorry, Louis Jordan, we were talking about how how Louis Prima-like that was. It's a Louis Jordan record I'd never heard before. I'll leave it to Mike Perini to dredge it up and bring it in and play it for us on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. It is 7 o'clock. This is the, uh, the transition from what you just heard into another hour of vintage recordings featuring Thomas Fats Waller on Face the Music. We are on the cusp of two decades, the 1920s and the 1930s. Uh, the recordings you'll be hearing tonight straddling the years 1929 and 1932. Although he had made some recordings in 1929 with a group billed as Fats Waller and his buddies, Tom Waller did not start making records for Victor as the leader of his rhythm band until 1934. I think part of the reasons for this were largely economical. The entire recording industry sort of pulled back and some of the uh, the best musicians got the worst end of the deal. So he really had to sit in with a lot of different people in order to uh, make any records at all during these years. But that's okay. We're going to be hearing him with the Ted Lewis Orchestra, so we'll have some vaudeville in here, and uh, Jack Teagarden's Orchestra, also James P. Johnson's band, and Billy Banks' Rhythm Makers. <laughs> 